Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. You have to repent and you have to believe and you have to call on the name of the Lord. How do you call on the name of the Lord? He goes, well, I guess you do that through prayer. And yeah, I go, yeah. And, and you know, all of a sudden, and then receiving Christ into your life and that kind of thing. And, and I get all done and he goes, and you know, while, while I'm doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna just let this kid go. <laughs> and so while I'm doing this with, with the kid, he, he gets all done and he's, I go, is that good? And he goes, yeah, that's, that's good. And he kind of closed, you know, he had something going on there. I don't know if he had a notebook or something, but he kind of closed something, something up. And I go, let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? And he goes, no. And I go, do you want to? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay, well, let's do this. I'm gonna pray and you pray after me. You need to mean it from your heart. You know how, I, if you've been here on Sundays, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so I, I led him in a prayer receiving Christ. That guy, that kid was so bold. He was loud. He was praying. Loud. It was, you know, one of these things where, you know, th- thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You know, he's like, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. It was like, you should lead me in prayer. You know, I don't know. But in, in any case, um, you know, I, I just didn't make it uncomfortable. And that's one of the things that I realized that I did with people when I was witnessing to them. I was so freaked out and I was so intimidated that a lot of times when I was talking to people, I just made the situation awkward. And the more awkward it got, the less I wanted to talk to, <laughs> to them because I knew that they thought that I was some freaky Jesus freak guy and you know that kind of thing. And I, I think that we need to, and not that you diminish who Jesus is because it's, it's an important subject, but you can talk to people about football, can't you? You can talk to people about baseball. You can talk, I don't know why you would, but you could, you could do that. <laughs> I'm not a big baseball, baseball fan, except for the hot dogs. I'm just, I, I am just joking. I'm, I'm messing around. You could talk to them about recipes. You could talk to them about, you know, cleaning your house. You could talk to people about your kids. And we don't have any problem talking to people about those kinds of things, right? And so why wouldn't we be able to talk to, to people about the most important thing that's going on in our life? And I think that's an, that's an important thing. And so a lot of times when, when I'm talking to people about how to witness to folks, the first thing that I tell them is you just need to relax. You know, the, here, here's the deal. A lot of people don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about the Bible. You know my testimony. I knew almost nothing about the Bible or Jesus or church or anything. Um, I'd just been to church a handful of times. And if anybody had come up to me, even, you know, even though I was rowdy and all the stuff I was, if anybody had come up to me and talked to me about Jesus, I would not have shut them down. I would not have. I would have given them, you know, a hearing. 
And even if, I, even if somebody shuts you down, are they allowed to do that? If they, go, if they just go, I don't want to hear it, are they allowed to say that? Yeah. They don't have to hear it. And, and you can, you know, I don't know, figure out some pithy comebacks to that. Really? You don't want to hear it? <laughs> I've done this with construction guys. You know, um, I've, I've told this story before. It happened a number of times, but guys would ask me questions about Jesus and church, and that's usually what they're doing. I want to know about that church stuff. And I go, I'm not going to tell you about church stuff. I t I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And they go, okay, well, and they have a question. So I answer their question. And this one time, I'm answering a guy's question, and he goes, you know, you need to stop shoving the Bible down my throat. I'm like, you punk. You know, I, didn't say it I didn't say that to him, but that's what I'm thinking in my head. And I'm like, what are you talking about me shoving it down your throat? You asked me the question. If you didn't want to have the question answered, why'd you ask me the question? And by the way, if you don't want me to talk about Jesus, how about this? I never talk to you about Jesus for the rest of your stinking life. You know, and it also helped that I was the foreman on the crew. <laughs> and so... Anyway, he goes, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just, you know, it's just getting a little intense in the Bible and stuff like that. I go, you asked me a question about the Bible. So if you don't want to hear about the Bible, don't ask me the question. And he goes, okay, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, okay. I go, okay. So do you want to hear about Jesus ever again? He goes, well, yeah. Okay, next time you have a question, you be nice to me. And then, then we move on. That's how you talk to construction guys. Like seriously, that's how you talk to construction guys because it makes them want it. It makes it attractive. And if he had said to me, don't shove the Bible down my, don't, down my throat, and I had said to him, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to shove the Bible down your throat. I just apologize and said, yeah. He'd go, yeah, just don't do that again. And it would go that direction. And so you just flip it around on him and make Jesus attractive. I was manipulating him on purpose. Like seriously, that's what I was doing because I wanted to be able to talk to him about Jesus again, and I knew that if I took the other tack, it was never gonna happen. And so, and I was a little irritated too, so that always helps. In any case, Peter's totally dejected because he's such a lousy witness, and so he just decides he's going back to fishing. And what a pitiful place to be in, right? One of the things I've noticed about people also is that when they're having a hard time as a Christian, they go back to what they know. They go back to what they know. And so if they're having a hard time because they're going through trials, a lot of times instead of doing the trial the way that they should, what they'll do is do the trial the way that they've always done it. So for example, if you're having a trial with somebody where something's happened and you're offended at them or they're offended at you, if the way that you've always handled that is by just walking away from that situation and never talking to them again, a lot of times Christians, instead of doing what they're supposed to do and go up and talk to the person and say, hey, we need to straighten this out, you and me, and not talk to anybody else. Instead of doing that, they'll just do the walk away and never talk to them again. And they end up having exactly the same kind of fruit in their relationship with God that they had in the world when they did the same stupid stuff. And they have the same kind of relationships with people. And the reason is because they're doing exactly what they were doing before. They're doing exactly what they did in the world. And if you sow to the flesh, you are of the flesh gonna reap corruption. But if you'll sow to the spirit, 
of the Spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. And so things will be cool if you do it the way that Jesus says it. And every single one of us, you guys, has to come to the point where at some point we decide, you know what, I'm not gonna handle this the way that I've always handled it before. I'm gonna find out how God says to handle this if I don't know, and most people do know how they should handle things. I'm gonna handle this the way that God um, tells me to handle it, and even though I'm, I don't think it's gonna work out and I think it's gonna be too confrontive or I think it's gonna, you know, they're gonna get mad at me or whatever, I'm just going to do what Jesus tells me to do and let the, you know, the, let the chips fall where they may. You start getting that kind of attitude and you watch how God starts working in your life. You watch how God starts redeeming the situations that you're going through. You watch how God takes care of you. And uh, there, there came, and you could tell, there came a point in my life where I had to make that kind of decision. I just got tired of it. I got tired of losing all the time and walking away going, I shouldn't have done it that way. I should have done it this other way. And here I am once again. And uh, you, need to, you need to be tired of that. And you need to start doing things the, God, the way that God wants you to do, do it. And that works in all kinds of situations. You know, a lot of times the, the way that we're living our lives is all about self-defense all about me getting through life with the least amount of pain possible and not confronting issues or not changing or not, you know, not, 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 because it looks too hard. Um, and when you start stepping out and doing things like literally the way that God says to do them, then all of a sudden everything starts changing. And there's been all kinds of times when I knew what I was supposed to do and I didn't want to do it. And usually it was some kind of confrontational thing. And I didn't want to do it. And I'm praying and I'm going, God, you got to have my back. You got to do something here because I don't think this is going to be good. I think I'm, I am the one exception to your rule. And if I do this thing, it's all going to blow up in my face. And that kind of, can all this stuff blow up in your face and you're going to just be fine? Yeah. So you got to be ready for that. But every single, I can't, I can't name you a time where I was in a situation like that and I was afraid to do what God wanted me to do, and I stepped out and did it, I can't name you a time that God didn't cover for me. Can't name you a time that God didn't take care of me. Now, after I got a little older and it, you know, it was almost second nature, there have been times where things blew up in my face. But um, when, I was, when God was first showing me this stuff, he always stepped up for me. And the reason that he did that was he wanted to show me that he was real, that he was there, that he was gonna take care of me in the midst of the trial. And so, again, you don't want to go back to where you were before. And so he's going back to what he knows, going back to the place where Jesus found him. He's just going back. In the book of Second Peter, it says, like a dog returns to its vomit, or a washed pig returns to the mire, so a fool returns to his folly. And again, I don't think Peter was full-blown backsliding here, but he was walking away from what Jesus called him to, wasn't he? If what we says about the Greek there is, Absolutely true. So he goes out fishing, and not only is Peter a failure at apostling, if that's a word, he's a failure at fishing too. <laughs> and so he's supposed to be, you know that Peter was called the big fisherman? Apparently he was a big guy. And uh, he was called the big fisherman. And again, when you see him fishing, he's never catching anything. It says they went out in verse three and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. So they're night fishing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, verse four, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. 
And that could be because it's early morning and the sun's just coming up and he's on the shore. And depending on where they were, you know, around the Sea of Galilee, um, the sun could be coming up behind him or whatever. And in any case, then Jesus says to them, children, have you any food? And they answer him, no. And I think it was probably like that, no. <laughs> and uh, he says, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And so he goes back out, he goes back to fishing and he's a failure at fishing too. And I think that part of the reason for that is because Jesus isn't in the boat. Peter's on his own. And if he is going back to fishing, one of the cool things about this story is he's not on his own alone. He's got six of the, of the other disciples with him. And Peter goes, I'm going, I'm going back to fishing. And they go, we'll go with you too. And they don't just let Peter go. They go out with him. And they're hanging out with him and they probably have seen him, you know, be somber and, and be sad and, and this whole thing. They, they see that he's not the same guy because of his failure. And they can see that the guy is, is struggling. And so when he says, I'm going back to fishing, they don't just let him go. They go out with him. It, it is really good to have people around you who care enough about you that they won't just let you go. That's a really good thing to have. The other guys are with them. They're not just going to let their friend um, go back to his old life. That's one of the things that happened with me. I always talk about Gil and Paul and Larry and, and those guys. Those guys prayed for I'm, It's one of the things that I am most thankful for in all of my life. The whole time that I was backslidden, I backslid for about nine months big time and uh, back into partying and all that stuff. And the whole time that I was backslidden, those guys got together every Saturday night and they prayed for me, every Saturday night. And uh, um, God obviously answered their prayers and some, and some, because they never expected me to be like this. They never expected this kind of change uh, in my life. In fact, one of, one of the guys after I recommitted my life to the Lord, it's like I was obviously on fire for the Lord. I'm excited and I, you know, I obviously love Jesus. I, I, I'd only come back to the Lord. I'd been back with the Lord for two weeks. And Larry, again, one of my friends, he comes over to my apartment and knocks on the door. And he didn't usually do that. You know, usually he was, you know, coming with the other guys. He knocks on the door and I, I let him in. And I go, Larry, what you doing? And he goes, well, I just want to come talk to you. And I go, what do, what do you want to talk about? He goes, what happened to you? And he just talked about the fact that I was completely different. I go, well, Larry, I, you know, I gave my heart back to Jesus. And he goes, you knew Jesus before and you weren't like this. What happened to you? I go, Larry, seriously, that's what happened. And, you know, and then we had a long talk and, you know, and actually I thanked him for praying for me and doing all that kind of stuff. He wasn't even believing his prayers. Is the point that I'm making. You know, he wasn't even believing his prayers. God answered him exceedingly abundantly above all that he could ask or think. And I'm so thankful that he was asking uh, for that. But Jesus is in the boat and Peter's on his own. And this is what happens, again, he, I, he hasn't learned the lesson yet because when he was talking about how awesome he was and how less awesome all the other apostles were, he's on his own. And when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's sleeping, instead of praying, it's because he's on his own. He's trying to do, do the things that God wants him to do in the power of his own strength. And when he stands up and swings the sword, again, I commend him for that, but he's still on his own. This is all Peter doing Peter. 
And when he's in front of the fire with the little girl, he's on his own. And the other guys, he's on his own. And the last one, that's Peter on his own. And this is, this is one of those things, that, again, that, that you need to be thinking about in your life, especially you guys, the guys. That's who I'm talking to. We have this tendency to think that we're strong enough and, and if we work hard enough. And I was always told that if you use your brain and you're diligent and, and that kind of thing, you can do anything that you want. And I actually lived my life that way. And after I became a Christian, I tried to live my life as a Christian that way. And you know what? God doesn't put up with it. He doesn't put up with it. You're not that strong. You're not that awesome. You're not the guy who's going to change your own life. That's why you came into a relationship with Christ, you stinking sinner, right? That's why we came, because we knew we were stinking sinners, and obviously we, are, we were a mess. Well, you're still a mess. And so the thing that's got to happen is Jesus has to be doing these things through you. And that was a, that was the, that was a three-year lesson with me, man, three years of God pounding me and pounding me and pounding me, let me do things on my own, just being a mess over and over again, apologizing, over confessing, but apologizing to the Lord over and over again, trying to get up, trying to do it, and, you know, I'll do better next time, get to church, get hyped up, and you know, go back out, yeah, I'm a Christian, I can do this, you know, and all of this stuff, and flopping on my face, it was, it was you know, I didn't fail a lot in high school, I didn't. The, the stuff that I wanted to do, I got done. And if I wasn't good at it, I just worked harder than anybody else. And so that's what, that's what sports was like with me. I didn't fail a lot. I was a complete failure as a Christian. Complete failure. And the reason I ended up walking away was because I didn't think, I, I knew that the Lord wanted me, but I didn't th- you know, I wasn't worthy. And I was tire, tired of being that guy. Just a, a hypocrite and a fake and even though I wasn't faking it, I wasn't faking it, but that's what I looked like, big fat fake. And I just got tired of it and I walked away. And so when I came back, my attitude was completely different. Jesus, you're gonna have to do something with me. And that's what Peter needs. God, you're gonna have to do something with me. And that's what Jesus is looking to give him. That's life without Jesus. Life lived in your own strength, life lived outside of the will of God. And Peter just has a complete lack of success. A lot of people are looking for success. And, and a lot of times they think success is in the amount of your paycheck, in uh, the, the person that is on your arm, in the size of your family, in the, you know, we, we have all these things, you know, what kind of car you drive and that kind of stuff. And how many people have we heard of or how many people do we know that have all those things and are just miserable units. They look like they have all the success in the world and they're completely miserable. Get, get everything that they want. And it's just like ashes in their mouth. And that is one of the things that the Bible talks about with the Lord and actually even his people. There's a, there's a point in the, uh, in the Exodus where the people of Israel are asking for meat. Well, they're not asking for meat, they're demanding meat. And they say that we're, we're just sick and tired of this manna that we see before us. Can God give us meat? And they, and they tempt God, that's tempting God. Can God give us meat? And so God tells Moses that, okay, they're gonna have more meat than they can eat tomorrow, about this time, you know, and so, 
what happens is God literally brings all these cubbies of quail and it flies across the camp and the people are so, so excited about the meat that they go out and grab the quail and they just bite into them. And then, then God deals with that whole thing. But there is a commentary on this in Psalm 106 in verse 15. It says, he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. I want it, 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 God, I want it. And then God goes, okay. And then you get it, and it's, you know, you think you're gonna bite into this great thing that you're looking at, and it turns to ash in your mouth. And it ends up being a curse and not a blessing. And you don't want to be in that kind of situation. There are sometimes when God just says no, then there are sometimes when God says yes to that thing and that thing that you won't let go of. And then you get the consequences of that. There are people who have compromised their walks with God. They have to lie to be in the position that they're in. They have to, they have to deceive people. They have to kiss up to the people who are around them. To get, the spirit, or to get the success that they're looking for. And there's a spiritual cost to your worldly success. And so even when you look like you're succeeding, you're not. Because Jesus isn't in the boat. And it's not what the Lord has for you anyway. And you have to be, you have to be ready for that. So Jesus offers an alternative. Boys, you got any food? And they go, no. And then Jesus says, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Jesus right there is showing himself to be omniscient. He knows things that nobody could know. He doesn't, he doesn't have a fish finder, right? He's doing things that, that nobody can know. And he's omnipotent. You know, he's ta taking a school of fish and, and having them get into Peter's net at that point. He's omniscient, he's omnipotent. He shows himself to be the creator there. He's in, he's in control of God's creation at this point. And he's reminding Peter specifically, the rest of the disciples too, of who they're dealing with. And so basically, and here's the other thing about this. I already, I already talked about this. I'm gonna read the passage in just a second. But he's taken Peter back to the beginning where he first called him. And Peter, you know, Jesus well, let me read the passage to you. It says, after Jesus had stopped speaking, remember um, he asked Peter to put, put his boat out so he could speak from it. He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, and to Peter's credit, that word master means master of this boat. You're in charge here. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And what Peter's telling him politely is that, you know, Jesus, you're a carpenter and I'm a fisherman. And I'm telling you, there ain't no fish in that lake. <laughs> and what Peter says is, well, nevertheless at your word, I'll let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish with the, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. 
You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.